Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast coming at you just uh, just a couple days before America's birthday on July 4th, which is so awesome. It's one of my favorite holidays. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know. Uh, not, you're not feeling sick anymore, are you, Mr. I'm, Nathaniel Paul? I'm not Paul. sick today. I transferred- Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Let me get your name out there first for the... People, hardly anybody knows you. We want to make sure they get to know you. Yeah. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. My my other Native American name is the guy that hardly anyone knows. Exactly. That's, that's the other yeah. that's the other one. Yeah, I'm not sick today. I transferred that over to you. We you did, did. <laughs> we did a bit of a wealth transfer. I had too much sickness and yeah. I gave it to Charlie. So And I can't take a sick day because I <laughs> my, my office is at my this house. This is Charlie's sick day. So, there he is. So. Right, right there. So uh yeah, I mean, are you okay? Do you have a fever right now? I don't know. I haven't checked since this morning, but I did have one this morning. Yeah. Why aren't you wearing a but mask? I, but I just took... Uh, You're just projecting at me right now. I took some ibuprofen. Yeah. And uh, since then, I've had I had like one of those hot flashes. You know how you get those hot flashes when the fever breaks? Yeah. And then, yeah. I thought I might die last night, honestly. It's, it's really funny. I will completely admit when guys get sick... It's the worst. It's the end of the world. It is. It is by far the end of the world. I can't... All my joints hurt last night. My elbows, my fingers... Yeah. My toes. You're also getting old. Everything hurts. Is another thing. Oh, but this was like a like a pulsing pain. Yeah. That's what old Felt like feels like. Kidneys were like pulsing back there for some reason. I don't huh. know if it was something I ate or what was happening. I'm not sure. Well, guys Could it be COVID? We don't know. It probably is. My girlfriend wants me to go get tested. Oh and yeah. I said, nah. Not yet. So tell her to go get tested. If it this gets, is her fault. If it gets worse, I will get tested. It's possible COVID's still lingering around here and there, and maybe I've had one of the family of viruses this weekend. Who knows? In how many days a week would you say your girlfriend is around people with coronavirus? Um, every time she's at work. Yeah. So yeah. few, few, three, four days a week, she's just around people who are sick all the time. Right. I've really had to beef up my immune system since coming over here to work with you for sure. Guys, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Listen, we're pro-life because we're anti-death, meaning that we don't want you to be killed by anyone, okay? You got the right to life. We don't even want you to die by natural causes. We don't want anyone to die ever. We're extremely anti-death here at this podcast. So this is your first time listening, and you're pro-death. Y'all done found, you're barking up the wrong tree, man. You're just going to the wrong Mm -hmm. spot right now because we are anti-death. We're pro-liberty over here. I don't even like it when your dog dies. Oh, man. That just happened to me a couple weeks ago. It's sad. Why are you bringing that up right now? so sad. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, so pro-liberty. I mean, we got to have liberty. Yes. And listen, your rights end where another person's rights begin. You can't prioritize someone else's liberties over someone else because then you're saying that you get to draw a line on when someone else has liberty. And, you know, liberty... Liberty, liberty, all, all of us, all of us have the right to our own individual liberty. We are all individuals here. I think that makes me racist for saying that. According right to white fragility, it does. Yeah, I'm racist now because I said we are all individuals and we have our own individual liberty and we cannot have that taken away from us by anyone, by the government, by, by your neighbor, by anyone. So we want to protect that. We want to make sure that everyone has the maximum amount of freedom and liberty possible. And then meaning, we got to talk about meaning, not happiness. We don't talk about the pursuit of happiness because if you're just pursuing happiness all the time, you're going to be sorely disappointed a lot of times, like just all the time, a lot of times. You know, happiness is a is an emotion that you feel sometimes and you should appreciate it when you do feel happy. But it's mainly sometimes. It's sometimes. Right. You're not always going to be happy. So if if your pursuit is happiness, you could end up just in a in a deep dark depression man that you just can't really get out of because you're not pursuing the most important thing, which is meaning in your life, which is what we're doing on this podcast every single day because we've found what we truly care about. Charlie Charlie sold a stake in a in a in a well-performing business that he had started with someone because of this podcast, because they said he had to either stop talking about politics 
or 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 leave the business. And, and he did. And he said, I'm leaving the business because this is important. This is what I believe in. It's what I truly believe in. What's what you were talking about with meaning, like happiness is fleeting. Mm-hmm. You like I felt it plenty of times. I'm sure a lot of people have felt it plenty of times. You you feel a happiness when you eat a delicious meal and maybe have dessert afterwards. You know, I don't know if you like cheesecake or brownies. I love cheesecake. Yeah. Brownies. Maybe. Do you like brownies? I like brownies. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Maybe you like a uh, sugar cookie. Some people like sugar cookies. Sometimes. Yeah. S- sometimes they're too sweet. I love like a nice peanut butter pie or like a, ooh, like a, a really, really good banana bread. Do you, does anything pudding. other than food make you happy? Well, I'm just going off. That's something okay. like maybe, your wedding day was happy and your wife yeah. makes you happy and your girlfriend or your boyfriend, husband, maybe those things are happy. Maybe when your kids were born, those are happy moments, but they're not going to last forever. That's the thing. That's why you have to pursue something meaningful every single day. So if all of that, if life, liberty, and meaning sounds like something you also would like to pursue, then hit that subscribe button, man. There ain't nothing wrong with it. You just subscribe to this podcast like 96% of people that listen to the show do. Don't be part of the whore percent. Those people are hanging down in Hades, dreaming about being a part of the 96%, but they did not act fast. And you need to act (laughs) fast by smashing that subscribe button or click and follow on Spotify, one or the other. And um, and then that way you can even subscribe on YouTube. We put up the video of the podcast if you want to actually see our faces right now, which is something that you pay to have the privilege to do on Patreon to see to our live. faces. Yeah. And uh, to do it, to do it live. Uh, I'm, listen, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. We, the people on Patreon are honestly, I feel like they're becoming our friends. Like if I don't talk to them every day, I feel kind of weird about everything. But if you want to come hang out with us on Patreon in our private Facebook group. And when we stream live every single day, you can go to patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. And you can go watch the videos afterwards without being able to talk to us and t- you know, talk back and forth about these subjects. If you want to go to YouTube and watch it there, we got quite a few subscribers on YouTube also. So it's a good amount for little to no effort that we put into YouTube. A lot of people are like YouTubers. This is what we do. YouTube. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, let's upload a video. And then we got a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So anyway, speaking of things that are going on, let's get into some hot news items going on today. We got a few different things that we're going to talk about. So this is what we do pretty much every day. We brush through the current events and we give our libertarian-esque take on all the news items. We talk about how to spot a a shoddy headline, a manipulative headline, statistics, things like that. They're always trying to get you to believe some certain things. You always have to read at least the last paragraph of the article, so it's very important. That doesn't really apply to this one, but I don't know if you heard about this, Charlie. I saw it yesterday, and uh, you know the, the video went viral, and, and that was all well and good. Uh, until you know for this girl she she lost her job over it and now she's obviously blaming other people we'll we'll talk through this i'm going to play the video and then i'm going to play the video of her crying after she lost her job after she threatened to stab people that said a certain thing and then she's crying because she lost her job because the video went viral um pretty well and clearly deloitte's racist now well i mean yeah, yeah for sure but anyway harvard grad blames trump supporters after stab video cost her her deloitte job it says she's a Harvard graduate, but a Connecticut woman apparently learned this week that words and actions can have consequences. She didn't really learn that because she's blaming Trump supporters. In a new video Wednesday, teary-eyed Clara Janover, Jan- Janover, Janover, Clara J claims she lost the job with Deloitte accounting firm after saying in a previous video that went viral that she would stab anyone who told her that all lives matter. Jesus. <laughs> This is what's a fairly ironic thing to say. Yeah, this is what it's coming to, folks. Yeah. Uh, standing. So this is a quote from her. Standing up for Black Lives Matter put me in a place online to be seen by millions of people. Uh, Clara said in the new video, as a result, the job that I worked really hard to get and meant a lot to me is called me and fired me because of ev- because of everything. So, see, that's how she's switching it here. Yeah. She's saying, well, I'm standing up for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Because I'm willing to e- exert violence against those who say all lives matter Mm -hmm. because i don't really actually believe in freedom of speech what i believe in is my doctrine and if you don't follow it well then violence and the gulags for you 
Listen, when it comes to the all lives matter thing, I feel like both of these statements can happen at the same time. Like you can be someone who's saying black lives matter because you feel like there's a sentiment in the world where black lives don't matter. And so you feel that way and you're saying black lives matter. You can also be someone who wants to make the point saying that all lives do matter, which by the way would include black lives. And you can be saying that and trying to say that all lives matter equally. And they could both they could both coexist at the same time. They really could. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't okay with that. Now, you know, do I do I think that she needs to be doxxed or fired from her job or anything like that for saying what she said? I don't know. Pretty normal. I mean, when you make a video saying that you're going to stab someone or something like that and it goes viral, maybe the company's going to fire you. That's a, that's a big possibility. That's, that could be perceived as a anyway, threat. She's a victim is, is what's happening. That's, that's what's happening here. The, and, you know, I think, you know, to the all lives matter versus black lives matter, you know, some people put it in context like, um, you know, it's de- it's it's demeaning or it's um, it's minimizing the fact that the black people go through a different struggle. So when you say all lives matter, then you're minimizing what black lives matter means. And I can kind of understand that. I get that because, you know, if they say happy father's day and then people are, you know, respond to your comment and say, well, what about the mothers? You know what I mean? Then then you're minimizing the fathers in the situation or vice, you know, vice versa. So I got, I understand that, but I don't believe if someone says all lives matter that you have the right to stab them. No. Or even make a threat to stab them. Are you going to take a hard line stance on that? <laughs> that's a big, that's a big claim right there, Charlie. But you're right, she's a victim. So Yeah, she's a victim. Let Keep me going. let me play the video for everyone just so you can have a reference of uh what she said. Let me make sure that this is all queued up and we got our volume. Mr. Producer, the next person who has the sheer nerve, the sheer entitled cockacity to say all lives matter, I'm going to stab you. I'm going I'm to stab you. And while you're struggling and bleeding out, I'm going to show you my paper cut and say, my cut matters too. Okay, so what? that's it. That was it. It was a 20-second video. What? That's, that's really all it is. Now, I mean, her, you know, her analogy that she's, that she's making, is it's not overly terrible. What she's saying is that when you say all lives matter to someone who's saying black lives matter, well, the point is the message behind black lives matter. We'll assume it's not the Marxist uprising part of black lives matter. We'll assume that it is, we'll assume it's something else. Well, you know, not, not that the sentiment that black lives matter. So when you, you know, if you, if you think about what's going on and you, and you believe that, uh, that black people are being hunted down in the streets and killed because, because they're black by white people, and you're saying Black Lives Matter, well, when someone says all lives matter, well, what you're saying is, well, well, what about, you know, what about me? Don't forget about me over here. And, you know, in, in that light, her analogy is not terrible, where if, where if someone has been stabbed and they're like, oh, I've been stabbed, this is terrible, and, they're squir- and you come up to them and you're like, oh, I have a paper cut, though. What are you going to, you know, my paper cut matters, too, while they're sitting there bleeding out, you know. Listen, it's not a terrible analogy. Now, her no. making a video and saying, I'm going to stab you, I'm going to stab you, and while you're bleeding out, I'm going to do this, Like that's not going to play well if you work for a major corporation and the video goes viral. Like That's just not right. going to work very well. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you know that, but the, let this be a warning to a lot of people. The graduate with a degree in government and psychology those are, I mean, those seem like opposing viewpoints right there. <laughs> Claims Deloitte let her go despite a company claim of standing against systemic bias, racism, and unequal treatment. <laughs> she also warns Trump supporters and Deloitte that she won't be defeated by her personal setback. I'm too strong for you. I'm too strong for any of you. All lives matter. Racist Trump supporters. Uh, I'll play the video where she says this. Let me play you uh, her response. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> This is fantastic. Oh man, this it's good stuff. So let, let's play her response real quick. Sorry, let me get this queued up on the live stream real quick. There we go. Trump supporters took my job away from me. <laughs> I've gotten death threats, rape threats, violent threats. You made a death okay. threat. <laughs> but now it doesn't make me future. 
My future is entirely compromised because Trump supporters <laughs> have decided to come for my life. God, this sucks. You guys suck. I'm too strong for you. I'm too strong for any of you. All lives matter. Raises Trump supporters. It sucks, but it doesn't suck as much as systemic racism. And I'm not going to stop using my platform to advocate for it. And I'm sorry, Deloitte, that you can't see that. That you are cowardice enough to fight somebody who's going to make an indelible change in the world and is going to have an impact. <laughs> sorry, that was my, this video was, that was my first time actually watching that. Now look, I'm not laughing. I don't think death threats and rape threats are cool. Like, that's not yeah, why I'm laughing. No. But she's... <laughs> She's so distraught over realizing in her young age, she's what probably what, 22, realizing that there's a real world out there. And I don't care what your professors tell you. You're you're not going to go out and change the world um, by you're, you're just not. Listen, you have more of a chance of helping out your local community than you do changing the entire world. This this goes under the basic rule of thumb that uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's really that's really what this is. Jeff so, says she'll be a CNN anchor by 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting death threats because I was threatening death on people. You, <laughs> you oh, made, man. Like you said, you made death threats to begin with. All right. Um, so that's that's pretty much the so she later claimed that the clip was clearly an analogous joke, which is what I was saying. I mean, she was making an analogy. I don't think she's actually saying she's going to stab someone and and wash or anything. Anything like she that. should have said. What if? Yeah. What that, if you got like, stabbed? This would be like if. This if, happened. Not even like I'm yeah. going to stab you, but like yeah. what if you got stabbed and I came upon the scene and was like. Oh, well, my paper cut matters, too. That would have been way different than saying, I'm going to stab you. Yeah. I'm going to stab you. Now. <laughs> I'm going to stab you. <laughs> I'm going to stab you. You going to stab it? <laughs> so this, like I said, I, I'm not really a fan of cancel culture or anything like that. But, I mean, her the, the company she works at, I mean, you're not just going to go out and say the words, I'm going to stab you if you say these words. And then expect to not have any repercussions if your work does end up seeing that. I mean, that that's just the company's going to mitigate that risk. This is it's a little bit different. It's not like, a, you know, a, a celebrity that's getting canceled because of something they did 20 years ago or anything like that. But I'm not a big fan of cancel culture. But, you know, the people on the left have been weaponizing cancel culture for years and years and years now. And some of it's been turned back around on them lately. And it's, it, you know, it, it gives me this, just the slightest bit of joy to see it when it does get turned back around. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with all of it. You know, I'm not saying Jimmy Kimmel should be canceled or anything like that, or Jimmy Fallon or any of the Jimmys out there should be canceled. But it just, doesn't it just give you the, a little bit of satisfaction when you see it turned back around? As my good friend Michael would say, oh, how the turntables. Yep. That's that's exactly what you would say. So, listen, guys, don't make any threats that you're going to physically harm someone, do anything that's going to kill anyone. Also, don't do anything that's going to kill anyone, regardless of whether or not you made the threats. We're against death. We're, I started off the podcast by saying that we were against death, and the threats that she made are vehemently against our beliefs, yeah. which is anti-death. So, so, Clara, I live in Nashville, and all lives matter. Yeah. So all lives but, matter. But I'm not a Trump supporter, so maybe I don't qualify. And my problem is, you know, a lot of times I wanted to say, you know, we're we're behind all the criminal justice reform and things like that and and taking care of these problems that, that I think have have created some issues. We had a talk about systemic racism and whether or not there is actually any any racism specifically built into the system, which I'll agree, obviously. 50 years ago there was specifically racism built into the system like this is going to be passed and it's specifically to harm black people and that's obviously been a thing throughout our history i don't know what exact laws there are that are specifically racist that don't affect anyone who does things like drugs or, or anything like that i really still think we're dealing with more of an economic problem 
than we are a racial problem when it comes to criminal justice. I think it's disproportionately affecting people who are of color, but I think that has a lot more to do with economic status. The fact that you're going to use a public defender, um, the fact that when you're in a lower economic status, you're going to be more likely to commit crime. You're going to be more likely to, you know, try and sell drugs or do drugs or do anything like that. Listen, in the drug war, all right, get, get rid of it. We're totally behind all that. And uh, what I was starting off trying to say was that, you know, I've wanted to say black lives matter because I believe that black lives do matter. And if people feel like their lives don't matter, I think that it's good to let people know like, hey, I think your life matters. This is important. Mm -hmm. I can't say it because it's attached to the organization and I'm strongly against the organization that is called Black Lives Matter. And I, I can't terrible, terrible organization, terrible, terrible, literal, literally Marxist organization that I will not voice any support of. So anyone who is of color, your lives matter, it, whether you're black or brown or white, your your life matters. OK, remember that whole we're against death thing. Yeah, we talked about that already. So your life does matter. I can't get behind the uh, I can't get behind the the movement the BLM that's supporting organization. that organization. All right, let's talk about someone who could have been our president. <laughs> that's Rand Paul. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but he ran for president back in 2016. But we uh, we chose Trump, and uh, this is where we're at. Uh, this coming from the Hill. Senate rejects Paul proposal on withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. So ridiculous. The Senate on Wednesday rejected an attempt by Senator Rand Paul to include a proposal on withdrawing U.S. troops from Afghanistan in Mammoth Defense Policy Bill. Senators voted 60 to 33 to table Paul's amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act, effectively pigeonholing it. The proposal, which was sponsored by Senator Tom Udall, would remove troops from Afghanistan within a year and give them a $2,500 bonus, which is like nothing. It would also repeal the 2001 authorization for use of military force once U.S. troops have left the country. 2001. It's insane. I mean, literally. 20 years. It, there's literally people who were in Afghanistan who weren't born yet when 9-11 happened. So insane. I mean, does, does anyone actually think that we are still fighting the same mission in Afghanistan Every, right now? All the like, military leaders are like, I know it doesn't look like it, but we're making progress. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't look like it, but we are. No, you ain't. No, it doesn't look you like it because it you're not. Like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. And obviously, we never mean disrespect to the troops at all or anything like that. Like that, if you talk about things like this, it means you hate the troops. You don't Which, support the mm -hmm. troops. No, guess what? Not supporting the troops is putting them in freaking Afghanistan for 19 years. That's what not supporting the troops look like. Looks like. It, it's ridiculous. It, no, we've wasted so much money, so many lives over there. I mean, I, I heard I heard Rand Paul talking about that $43 million natural gas station, which has been abandoned, by the way. There are no cars that use natural gas in there. They, they, the thing is abandoned. I mean, it was all this is is just a front for, for money. That's all it is. Yeah. Maybe money laundering or whatever. But this is just to go to different contracting companies. That, that's all this is. I'm sorry. We're not fighting terrorism over there so anymore. So infuriating. We're Quote, creating terrorists over didn't there. We get, when did we get Osama bin Laden? It's like 10 years ago now? It's Well, it was while Obama was president. I don't remember what year really it was. Probably 2010. I mean, 10 years. Yeah, I don't remember. 2012, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, uh, Paul says here, quote, Our amendment will finally and completely end the war in Afghanistan. It is not sustainable to keep fighting in Afghanistan generation after generation. Udall added that their proposed amendment was the responsible way to end this war. If the amendment had been included, which, by the way, according to the Constitution, Congress cannot even appropriate money for war for more than two years. Yeah, that has and they to, have be... to vote on it every two years. Yep. And they didn't even declare war. They just did this defense authorization, which isn't a true declaration of war. It's and just it, the it, authorization of military force. It was supposed to get us in there and get the job done and then get out. And it's been used as a, just an open-ended invite for war. Just, yep. just forever. Just, just keep fighting over there. I'm sure we're doing great. If the amendment had been included in the bill, it would have needed to survive a house Senate conference committee where the two chambers will work out the differences <laughs> in their competing versions of the legislation. But Senator James, if Inhoff, in Hoffy, from uh, 
from Oklahoma urged senators to vote to set aside the amendment, saying that the Paul Udall amendment wasn't the best way to end the war in Afghanistan. Of course, it's not because your donors are probably over there in Afghanistan. You know what they actually ended up doing was in this amendment, it actually sets restrictions on withdrawing troops from Afghanistan because they've been doing a withdrawal. They were supposed to cut it down to 8,000 something by mid-July, which they're keeping in pace with. The the actual bill has now set restrictions on removing any more troops from Afghanistan until they find out whether or not there's been any foreign actors working to, to help kill troops or anything like that over there. So we can't leave the area until we do a thorough investigation of what's actually going on. And it, the investigation, hopefully it will find out who the heck we're even supposed to be fighting over there or what countries are we at war at? What is this a proxy war for? Are we against Russia right now? What's going on? Who are we fighting? It's insane. Quote, the amendment directs a calendar-based withdrawal from Afghanistan rather than a conditions-based. It undermines peace negotiations in the Trump administration's Afghan strategy. And Hafi said, what? What have the conditions been like for 20 years? Yeah, that's that's the thing. We've been condition basing <laughs> trying to withdraw from Afghanistan for 20 years. Like it, it's it reminds me of, you know, ending the coronavirus lockdowns. Well, until there's a vaccine or until there's no more coronavirus cases. Yeah. That's how long we're going to do it. Guys, that's what the government does. When you give them something, they're just going to keep at it. They're just mm-hmm. going to keep taking more and more. You give them an inch, they'll take your life. That's what we always say over here. And and that's what they're doing. Like a conditions based. What, what does that mean? Until there's no more t- terrorists or no more whatever we're calling them over there. So there's no more sand. Yeah. Then, no until, more all, until all the sand is glass over there. That's the condition in which we could leave Af- Afghanistan. This is disgusting. There's still buildings left, I heard. So we got to stay over there. We need to figure out who the 60 members are that voted against this mm. thing. Uh, the Trump administration signed an agreement with the Taliban in February that were, that would reduce U.S. troops to 8,600 by mid-July. The Taliban has refrained from attacking U.S. troops since the deal signing, but has stepped up attacks on Afghan forces in the ensuing months. There's also been a raise in targeted killings as the peace talks have stalled, the New York Times reported earlier this week. Now, a lot of people gave... So get the hell out. Yeah, just leave. There's There's no good to be done there anymore. With the the blowback is going to be there for generations from this, and there's n- there's nothing we can do about it now. Like short of of nuking the entire Middle East and making sure that no one exists over there, there's nothing that can be done. And I'm not in favor of nuking the Middle East. By the way, I'm just saying this damage is done. And the longer we stay there, the more damage continues to be done. The more people we kill, the more terrorists we create. We've known this. For, for quite a long time. Ron, Ron Paul was talking about this in 2008, folks. Mm-hmm. That's that's why he blew up so big. It's the, it's ridiculous. The CIA even admitted it. <clears throat> I know. It's it's crazy. I don't know what conditions they're looking for. I don't know. There's no exit strategy, of course. There's nothing that looks like winning over there. No one knows what that is. We don't know who we're fighting. Mm-mm. We don't know what winning looks like. And we just have to stay there forever. That's that. That's what's going to happen. Almost, mm-hmm. almost twenty years. Almost twenty years that we've been there. It's insane. It's gross. It's very gross. So we we've got to end. We got to end the wars. Anything that's got the word war with it, then we need to end it because what, it's bad. What is it good for? And nothing. Absolutely not a thing at oh. all. So anyway, say it again. Ha. Huh. <laughs> All right, so getting into something that just really grinds my gears here real quick. Mm. Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google CEOs to testify in historic antitrust hearing. They're all going to be in the same room at the same time. Do you realize that's the first time that that building's going to have a positive net worth <laughs> in, in quite a long time? <laughs> Honestly, the CEOs of Amazon, uh. Apple, Facebook, and Google have committed to testifying before the House Judiciary Committee as part of its ongoing antitrust inquiry, which will mark the first time the four tech bigwigs have appeared together before Congress. The planned appearance by Facebook's Zuckerberg, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, Google, Sundar Pika, or Picha, I don't know which one it is, Apple's Tim Cook, came as both parties as well as international regulators have increased their scrutiny of tech giants, these evil, evil tech monopolies that we have out there. Terrible, terrible. For example, on Wednesday, British regulators said they want new rules to foster competition in digital advertising markets and rein in Google and Facebook. 
The Competition and Markets Authority, CMA, not the festival that t- used to take place in Nashville pre, <laughs> pre-coronavirus, yeah. BC, before coronavirus, we had the CMAs. The CMA took aim at the U.S. tech giants in a report that recommends the British government adopt a new regulatory approach to governing big digital platforms making money from online ads. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, this is terrible. We have to stop it. The authority said it was concerned that the two companies have developed such unassailable market positions that rivals can't compete on equal terms, resulting in higher prices for hotels, flights, electronics, <laughs> insurance, and other goods and services that are heavily advertised online. Now, anyone who... Let me read through a little bit more. We'll, go, we'll, we'll circle back to this because this is insane. Only people who have never had a business would think this. Literally. Anyone who has had a business pre-social media and post-social media would think that this is insane because it is. It's completely insane. Google and Facebook accounted for about 80% of the $17 billion earned by the UK's digital ad industry last year. Ooh, so we got to stop that. They, they, they made the most money out of everyone. So therefore, it's a monopoly because they made more money than everyone else. Google controls more than 90% of the UK's $5.8 billion search advertising market. How do you control that market, you mm. think? Are they stopping other people from coming into the yeah, market? they're forcing you to search things on Google. Yeah, and they're forcing companies to sign up via Google AdWords or whatever it is. Yeah. You have to. You can't go through anything else. No, there's, short, there's no other search engine. While Facebook has more than half of its $4.4 billion display ad market, after a year-long review, regulators found that existing laws aren't up to the job of effectively regulating the country's digital ad markets. This is a quote from someone that is uh, an idiot. If the market power of these firms goes unchecked, people and businesses will lose out. It's Said, never been a better time. I know, this is insane. Cheaper that, to run advertising and marketing. This literally only comes from people who know nothing about running a business whatsoever. Only people who have never ran a business before there was social media and afterwards would ever think that this makes any sense at all. They, he continued, or she Andrea, so or Andre, I don't know. Who knows these days? People will carry on handing over more of their personal data than necessary. Let's let's have them decide what's necessary from your data. You know, forget the fact that they can just go through your phone anytime they want to. Yeah. You know, we got to make sure that you're not handing over too much data to these companies. You know, only only to us. A lack of competition could mean higher prices for goods and services bought online, and we could all miss out on the benefits of the next innovative digital platform. Oh we won't God. miss out on the benefits if it's good enough. I know. That's the... Good Lord. Do you, you know how you make sure that you miss out on the benefits of the next innovative digital platform? You have government you, regulations You regulate the market. <laughs> exactly. That's how you make sure that you miss out on the next innovation. Honestly, this is probably written by these four companies. <laughs> I know. They, they want it regulated to make it harder for new people to come into the market, and that way they maintain control. That's probably it. Yeah. You know, Google and Facebook, so they're like, hey, you, know, I'm, you take 80%, I'm fine with 20, and you know, I'll take half of the of the, the the images and stuff like that on Facebook and you can have, you know, 20 or 30% of that and we'll give Apple some of it too and you know that way we all have a controlling share and then no one else can enter the market because the regulations are too steep and ridiculous to pay for the licenses and the fees the government are going to impose for you to post online advertising which just makes it more expensive and reduces competition. This is what this is what government does. This is your friend the government here to help you by making things more difficult. Under the new rules, Facebook could also be ordered to increase its ability to operate with other social media platforms and to let consumers choose whether to receive personalized ads. Last year, the Justice Department announced that it opened a wide-ranging antitrust investigation of big tech companies and whether their online platforms have hurt competition, suppressed innovation, or otherwise harm consumers. What freaking world could you live in where you are thinking that Google and Facebook and Apple have hurt competition and suppressed innovation? In what way could you, you, you would be a politician. You would be a politician. That is how you would actually think that. Antitrust law generally prohibits corporations from abusing monopoly power to harm consumers and also prohibits companies from conspiring to fix prices or suppress competition through other anti-competitive activity. Anti, 
You know what's anti-competitive activity? Having a better thing than someone else. That's yeah. what they define as anti-competitive activity. Exactly. You're making it harder for the competition by having something better than what they have. Now, how much do you pay for Facebook? Mm, last what's I your... checked, it's it, it don't it don't got no price, man. Oh, that's that's weird. How much do you pay per search on Google? Not any money at all. No. <laughs> this is so strange. In fact, I don't even use Google. I use DuckDuckGo. This is insane. And, and Bing. My computer's set up to use Bing. How? It's a, it's a Windows computer, and it just automatically is using Bing. How? Um, I had to write to Google and file a lawsuit for them to be able to let me search things on Bing. Yeah. And they said, uh, they said no. Yeah. But uh, use it at your own risk. Well, and then I called Elizabeth Warren, and she called. <laughs> Uh, Google and told them that for one time only that I could use Bing as my search engine That's nice. on my computer. Yeah, it's nice of her to do that. No, but the idea that somehow they could be making things more expensive is is completely insane. It imagine how you used to have to do advertising as a business. Just imagine what you used to do, which is buy buy a half page in a newspaper or buy a half page in a magazine. Or something like that. Or you had to put a spot on a radio. Yeah, show. put up a put up a billboard and hope that the right people drive by it. Mailers, mailers, send expensive out expensive mailers. Send out puffy mail to people. You know, send that out there. It's it's like a dollar fifty per mailer that you send out to someone. It, the idea that this could be making things more expensive, once again, totally crazy. Now you get to decide what you know who you want to advertise to, where they live, what kind of job do they have, what's their income level. What sex are they? What are their interests? You get to refine these results all the way down to just being a, a few cents per click. I mean, literally on one of our articles right now, we're paying two cents per click right now on the article. How else would I get the article out there other than just posting it online and hoping that people eventually find the website other than paying a couple cents per click to be able to do this? This makes things less expensive. The fact that people can actually drill down and advertise to the people that, that they think are going to make up their customer base, the fact that they can actually refine those advertisements and they can actually specialize and advertise to a certain person saves money because they're not wasting a bunch of advertising on billboards and magazines and, and all kinds of stuff, you know, bus bench ads and, and, and all kinds of stuff like that. They're not wasting all kinds of money on people who are who are never going to look at it. They're going directly to the people that they think could be their customers. And I don't know in what way someone would actually think that that is making products more expensive. Well, Nate, it's just a monopoly, and we we can't stand yeah. for that. Yeah, that's, that's even though what they it have is. four separate companies coming in to testify. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a monopoly. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. We need to talk to you four about your four-way monopoly. <laughs> it's a it's a quadopoly that you guys have going on it's, right now. This is terrible. This is a conspiracy against the consumer, and we must stop it. A conspiracy to commit monopoly. That's what we have going on right Remember now. Remember when Zuckerberg was in front of Congress the first time, and yeah. they were like, "How do you generate revenue on your on on Facebook?" Yeah. Uh, we run ads, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Businesses no, but, pay us for ads. No, but how do you make how do you make money? Uh, we we sell ads. We sell ads. So you don't charge the user? No, no. Facebook is free. <laughs> we run ads, sir. Yeah, it's like I had to walk this guy through it, and it's like his this, next his this next is question the person, was <laughs> this is the person that is is the one who needs to decide. And who also should be questioning Mark Zuckerberg about things and decide whether or not his company is is legit and, and a monopoly or not. Like, that's the politician that we voted on. Much like the guy who thought that uh, some what, what the island was going to sink or oh, something like yeah. that. What was his <laughs> name? It was going to tip over. I can't tip remember what over. his name is. Oh, God. My concern would be How that, do, it would, that it would capsize. This Look. <laughs> It just shows you anybody can be, anyone can run for office. I mean, AOC's in there. Yeah. Well, there's, I, there's no threshold. This is what happens when you have people who know nothing about economics or business or whatsoever controlling the economy and controlling businesses. They do things like this. It's disgusting. They have no idea what they're doing whatsoever. They're going to make it, if you make things harder for Google and Facebook and Apple and all this, you're going to make everything more expensive. Like the reason that ads are so, e like us, 
this this little podcast just gets to run ads every single day is because ads are so freaking cheap on these platforms. They didn't used to be. By the way, Facebook ads used to be more than this. They're actually, they're insanely cheap right now. There was a heyday back in like uh, 2008, 2009. It got pretty cheap. And then it got really expensive for a little bit. And then it got a lot cheaper as more and more platforms came out. I mean, how do you have a, you know, do we have a parlor account, by the way? Yeah. Now, how do you think Parler started? Did they have to get permission from Twitter and Facebook and, and they, all these other companies? They must have. I assume that they did. It it's seems like a way. lot of people have moved over to that app. How did TikTok come out? Why did why did over a billion people get on TikTok all of a sudden? China. China, yeah, because yeah. China did it. But, I mean, Facebook and all these other things existed, and all of a sudden, there's a billion people on TikTok. All of a sudden. Because they liked it. That's why. Because they liked it. Because they liked it more than Facebook. And the more regulations you put into this market, the less of those things you're going to have pop up. Now, there's a there's a follow-up for what's going on with Facebook right now. There's a follow-up because Facebook's in, been in hot water with a lot of companies pulling out their money because Mark Zuckerberg is refusing to censor Donald Trump's post. <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he's refusing to stop him from running ads He's, he's refusing to do everything that Twitter is doing, which is uh, fact-checking everything that Trump posts and all that kind of stuff. And so a bunch of advertisers are pulling their money. And it's it's been hurting them a little bit, but not not too much on their stock price. I looked the other day because judging by the news, I assumed Facebook stock price was going to be in the tank and it was actually close to being all-time high when I looked <laughs> yesterday. I'm like, this doesn't matter to them. And that's basically what Zuckerberg said, Charlie. Right. That's what he said. Yeah. You go ahead. That's That was my cue for you to. All right. Do you want me to continue on here? To, into the follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. This is the follow-up. Mark Zuckerberg, in case you guys didn't know, is the CEO of Facebook, reportedly said Facebook is not going to change in response to a boycott by more than 500 advertisers over the company's hate speech policies. This is coming from Business Insider. Mark Zuckerberg told employees last week that the company would not change its approach on hate on hate speech, even with scores of advertisers boycotting the platform. The information reported Wednesday. We're not going to change our policies or approach on anything because of a threat to a small percent of our revenue or to any percent of our revenue, Zuckerberg said during a virtual town hall on Friday, according to the information. My guess is that all these advertisers advertisers will be back on the platform soon enough. And that's why they have to do an antitrust thing because Zuckerberg knows that he can just wait this out and companies are going to need to advertise and Facebook is about the best place to do that. Now, I mean, there's other platforms. There's other platforms out there to advertise on, but Facebook is the best one. So they're going to come back to him. He said um, uh, he said he added that the boycott was a reputational and a partner issue rather than a financial one, because most of Facebook's revenue comes from small businesses and not large brands. Facebook saw 60 billion dollars in market value erased just in just two days earlier this week as major brands joined the boycott and its shares have largely rebounded since then. In recent weeks, civil rights groups, including the NAACP, the Anti-Defamation League, the Color of Change, called for advertisers to boycott Facebook following Zuckerberg's inaction on inflammatory posts by President Donald Trump, including one suggesting looters might be shot amid unrest following George Floyd's death. More than 500 companies, including major brands such as Coca-Cola, Ford, Starbucks, Verizon, Adidas, and and, uh, Unilever, they make soap, I think, <laughs> have pulled ads from the social media platform as part of the campaign, which this is how the free market works. Hey, guess More what? More power to you. Facebook's not going to show up at their house with armed guards, forcing them to give over their money like the government would. Right. <laughs> you know, they don't have they don't have a SWAT team that's going to show up at your house. They don't have the ability to dip into your bank account without your permission. This is what happens. The companies decide that they don't want to give Facebook their money anymore. And and everything's fine. Everything's everybody's yeah. okay. Everything's just fine. The world just keeps going. Imagine that. <clears throat> Let's see. On Friday, as the boycott gained steam, uh, Facebook said it would attach labels to newsworthy posts from politicians that violated its hate speech policies, a significant reversal for the company, and tighten up its rules for advertisers. 
Facebook executives uh, also have tried in multiple private discussions to uh, address advertisers' concerns, but those talks ultimately broke down with advertisers calling Facebook's efforts simply not moving and the boycotts organizers demanding that Zuckerberg personally attend because he is the ultimate authority. Zuckerberg eventually agreed to meet with leaders of the NAACP, Color of Change, and the Anti-Defamation, Anti-Defamation League. Um, Zuckerberg's comments Friday suggest he may have already made up his mind, and he seemed to hint that the boycott might actually be backfiring. Quote, if someone goes out there and threatens you to do something that actually kind of puts you in a box where in some ways it's even harder to do what they want because now it looks like you're just capitulating. And that sets up bad long-term incentives for others to do that to you as well. Very smart. So it's actually uh, true. You know, he's been pretty good on this. I, I don't know how much farther we have to go, but um, he's been pretty good on this overall. When he was up in front of Congress and AOC was doing her best to grill him about you know, running ads for fake news or whatever, you know, political ads that, that had lies in them. He, he basically said like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the person to decide what is or is not truth. And, and he's had a pretty good stance on this. And now he's basically coming out free speech, even if it's speech that he doesn't like and saying that he's not going to censor the posts of the president or, or other people. Now listen, Facebook probably does their fair bit of censoring. I'm sure they do. But he's basically coming out and saying, like, no, we're not going to bend to this. People are going to say what they want, you know, and uh, and we're going to we're going to let it go because because of that whole First Amendment thing. He's basically saying, like, I, I, I shouldn't have the power to decide what people should or should not say, which is true. Totally true. Yeah. Let the people decide. Now, if he wanted to change his mind, listen, it's a private business. That's up to them. They can do that if they want to. That's that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I, I won't like it. I don't like that Twitter is doing what they're doing. Uh, the main thing I don't like about what Twitter is doing is that they're not doing it evenly because I see Bernie Sanders post lies and manipulation on a somewhat hourly basis every single day. And I rarely, uh, have, or if ever, have ever seen any fact checks underneath Bernie Sanders' posts, which would obviously make a lot of people mad if he did that. Like if he, if he said that, uh, for instance, that that um, the rich pay a lower tax rate than the poor do, something like that, which is a flat-out lie because that doesn't take into account the earned income tax credit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like if Bernie wants to post about that, well, I guess that's fine, but what I would like is for them to be fair and balanced with what they're going to fact check, but they would never have the time to do that because pretty much every politician is out there lying or manipulating people you know, all the time. That's kind of what they do. That's it's like their main job. The main, yeah, and run for re-election. Yeah, they yeah. they they get donations so they can run for re-election. That's pretty much their whole job. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, deceit, lies, manipulation, and and no good for nothing. All, all them, all them things. We have one more article in here, but honestly, we kind of covered it with the first article that we talked about with the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Um, listen, we lost our live stream today, which just makes the podcast suck for us. Not for you guys, <laughs> for us, because we don't get to hang out and talk to people. I still like it. Yeah, it's still, it's fine. I can't, I don't know how we ever did it without the live group, honestly. Just like now. This is it. Yeah, I like it better with the live group. <laughs> it Just, is a lot you know, more fun yeah. with the live group. So if you are interested in joining us live, we rarely have any technical problems. So if you are interested, <laughs> that is my promise to you that we will rarely have technical problems like we did today, which is that the internet went to what? 0.01 upload speed. So we so couldn't we weren't able to stream. We couldn't upload the live stream anymore. It's just not going to work. If you are interested in hanging out, chatting back and forth with us, we have a good time hanging out with everyone every single day. Go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty. There's all kinds of different tier levels on there. If you want to, if you want to jump in on a subscription that gets you a, an ad that you want to run, there's several people that are running their own ads on that the Facebook isn't censoring on the overly expensive and monopolistic platform that is Facebook. There's people running their own ads, you know, so they get to pick what subject it is that they care about, or even in some cases, the specific article or video that they wanted to promote. And we put the Patreon money towards running an ad for that thing that you care about. So as long as it's pro-liberty, then we'll run an ad about it. And uh, if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash Liberty. So I thought I would do the Patreon thing today because, like, if you do it, then how am I going to do it? That's you true. Know, I haven't done it in a while, and I wanted to talk about Patreon today. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 
I f- it felt good. Yeah. It felt good. The other place y'all need to go to is mastermytrades.com if you want to get in on some stock market action or just even understand what the stock market is, how the financial markets move, what price action is, what a the, what the volume weighted average price is, the VWAP, as we talk about, then you can learn everything there is to know on how to get started trading by going to mastermytrades.com. This is going to be the best value class that you'll ever see. We have over 120 or 50 videos on there. Lots of lessons. It's set up in a perfect, uh, perfect class for you. Um, we call it the Liberty Trading Academy, and you can get there by going to mastermytrades.com. There's and, 188 videos on the on the website. Sorry, 188. And yeah. you know what, Nate? Um, you had a re- you've had a really good month. Uh, yeah. The month of June has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you guys can see all the recaps on there. You can see the the live stream that we do every single morning when the markets are open, and we talk about the the gappers. And we talk about what's going on in the pre-market and what stocks we're looking at to trade that day. We do not make any claims that you're going to be successful. And we do not tell you what securities you should or should not take at what price or anything like that with none of that. Uh, we've been trading for, um, you know, quite some time now. So our results are, may, may not be typical, but you know, you should still check it out. Are we still running that free trial? You know, it's actually still on there accidentally. And I there's will, an accidental free trial still there. So seven days free trial. I will allow it for today's episode. Two more days. The free trial will exist. And after America's and then, birthday, it yeah, the fades. price goes up. Price goes up. Yep. So you want to get in now. That's mastermytrades.com. And as always, if you all enjoyed the show, uh, like I'm sure that you did, please hit that subscribe button. Be part of the 96% of, of the in crown and don't be part of that whore percent. And then share the show with a friend. That's how this thing grows. And it's been growing nonstop since we started. It's probably the fastest growing libertarian podcast out there. I don't, I don't know all the numbers of all the libertarian podcasts, but I can guarantee you that it's probably the fastest growing one. Cause you every can guarantee month, that it is probably the fastest yes. growing. That's our, that's our claim month over month. It has been going, it's been growing by leaps and bounds and bounds and leaps and all of those things. Yeah. So yeah. please continue to share that, Share the show with a friend. Leave us that rating and review five stars because it's worth it. And if y'all do all of that, uh, we'll be back. We're actually going to do an episode for you tomorrow before the 4th of July. And I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.